Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Hello and welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday for you talking about some of the biggest sports stories. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Mike Lynch. And we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, the first story, though. Uh, Happy New Year, by the way. By, yes, I, yes. Forgive my manners. Uh, Happy yeah. New Year to you, Scarlett, to you, Lynchy, to you, Sarah, who's behind the glass, and to yes. everybody out there. Happy New Year. I hope it was You're a good here. One. Hey. So far, so good. So far, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knocks on their head. Uh, yeah. uh, first story, uh, this one I, I just, I'm really torn about. Uh, Antonio Brown. Now, let me start. Uh, Tampa Bay beat the Jets uh, in a comeback from behind win. I believe it was 28-24. Uh, Tom Brady, of course, always comes through old number 12, just, you know, kick. But for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tale as old as time. All this time. You know, <laughs> old number 12 coming in. But the story that everybody's talking about in this game is Antonio Brown, uh, who was a wideout for the Buccaneers. I'm watching this game and I on television. And I thought, as I'm watching it, they're showing warm-ups with Antonio Brown in the end zone. Until I realized, wait a minute. This is the game. Mm-hmm. What what the Sam Hill is going on? And for people who don't know, uh, apparently uh, Brown and uh, head coach Bruce Arians had a beef, and then all of a sudden Brown throws off his jersey, throws off his pads, he throws off every throws his gloves and uh, t-shirt into the stands, and he's just bare chested. Uh, and he's walking along the sidelines. He goes into the end zone, does a little dance, holds up the peace sign, and then goes into the locker room. And then right after that, Scarlet, after the game, that's when Arian said that Brown is no longer a buck. I'm totally confused by this. I don't know what the sequence of events is here. Um, whether, I mean, obviously they had some kind of disagreement, but whether he was removed from the team first and then he did that, or he did that and then he was removed from the team, it, it's it's puzzling. Well, apparently, from what was said, uh, Arians said twice, come back here as this incident is going on. And Brown said no. And then, uh, Lynchy, that's when Arians said, you're out of here. Yeah, he's uh, a very complex figure. There's uh, People are trying to figure out the motive behind here. There, there were three incentive clauses in his contract uh he can make an extra million dollars with eight more catches that would be 333,000 85 55 more total yards is another 333,000 and one more touchdown reception is another 333,000 which adds up he gets all three of them that's an extra million dollars uh people are trying to get inside his head was that the reason because he flipped out that he wasn't going to be playing and he would uh, not reach that uh, those those three incentives uh, nobody can figure the guy out. Now, this, he's a very polarizing figure. Um, some people are saying, that, good riddance, get out of here. I, don't, I never want to see you again. And a lot of people are saying this guy really needs some help 
uh, before he does some harm to himself or to others. So it's, there's two sides of the fences here, and uh, people are very confused which side of the fence they're on right here. He's a polarizing, recalcitrant figure. He's uh, has been. Is the National Football League, have they been enablers to this guy? Has Tom Brady been an enabler? Mm. Brady actually had him living in his home. Yeah. Um, but, but because Brady thought that he was the type of player that needed structure in his life, you know, some place to go every single day, to be accountable, be on a team, be on time, at meetings, practice, games, et cetera, et cetera. And now, you know, the league will come down with some type of suspension, uh, and it might be indefinitely. So uh, he probably has played his last professional football game. Also, he has a history of um, some off-the-field yeah. issues, right? I mean, he was recently yeah. suspended for three games for using a fake vaccination card, so mm-hmm. that didn't help. And this was a one-year contract that he had with the Bucks, right? It was, right. Um, right. you know... $3.1 million, right? So what happens in terms of next year? You mentioned that this might be the last NFL game he ever plays. Was that a factor in how he behaved? I mean, well, keep in mind now you got you got to set the track record too because he's been with several teams. Obviously, he started mm-hmm. with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, that's when he really shined, and then uh, the Steelers got tired of him and then sent him on his way. And I want to get the order right here. Raiders uh, next. Then the Raiders were next. I don't even think he really played a game. Uh, did not. Did not play a game at all. With he was the on Raiders. the roster but didn't play. Didn't play. And then the yeah. Raiders sent him packing. And then the Patriots picked him up. And Which is played. how he hooked up with Tom Brady and right. how they know Correct. each other. Right. He picked for a game. Mm-hmm. And, and for, for the Patriots. And then they, you know, threw him out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he went to the Bucks, And it, it's – I thought – but see, there was, there's so many things here involved. Like you said, Scarlett, not only with the so the fake uh, COVID, card. COVID card, but mm-hmm. there were also allegations of abuse, uh, and, and this this is a mess. And I I hope he gets help, and his teammates uh, around the league, a lot of them hope that he gets help. And knock on wood. Uh, let's shift to something. Well, I guess this was supposed to be happier. But yes. uh, the title game next week for college football's national championship will be Georgia versus Alabama. That's because Alabama rolled over Cincinnati, and that's because Georgia rolled over Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> I, that was... Bar's upset. Uh, yes. I, I'm sorry. Is my nostril <laughs> flaring here? I, listen, I, you know I, I love the mitten. Anything that comes out of the mitten, that's I love it. But, boy, I was so disappointed, Scarlett, when, when that game ended. Have you recovered? No. <laughs> it's no. just I am, I am still I'm going to go home and I'm going to have a, a Yoo-Hoo drink and then I'm going to try to calm down after Are you going to watch the championship game then? Yes, I got to watch the championship game. It's part of my You'll, you'll be job. hate watching it basically. I'll, you're right. I'll be I'll be a hater. Haters going to hate and I'm going to watch the game because I have to. But now in all seriousness, Alabama and Georgia uh they played well. And Lynchy, I'm going to ask you it's like I'm going to put you on the spot. This is going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. I like Alabama in this game. Uh, I think they just have too many athletes and, and too much speed. Um, it, it's very interesting that I was trying to figure out, okay, what's the payout in this game? Uh, is there a financial incentive? Uh, no extra money for the, for the champion and no extra money for making it to the championship game. But the four teams that were in, Cincinnati, Michigan, Georgia, Alabama, each conference 
uh, gets $6 million. So $6 million to the Big Ten, $6 million to the American Athletic Conference, and a double payout to the SEC because Georgia and Alabama are both from the same league. So the Southeast Conference gets $12 million. Uh, just for those teams, four teams participating in the in the playoff, they get expenses a little bit or more than two and a half million dollars per school uh, to cover the, you know the band, the cheerleaders, the staff, football staff, the hotels, the airplane, et cetera, et cetera. So um, you know, all money aside, it's going to be it's going to be a good game. I think Alabama wins, and uh, this is really a cash cow. This this college football playoff. I'd like to see it expanded to eight teams. Scarlett, I, I need some betting tips. Who are you looking at? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to how to advise you, Michael Barr. I I was just thinking as as Lynch was summing everything up. Barr loses, SEC wins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's cruel. Well, first of all, I apologize. That the first loss was that I ended that sentence on a preposition, but that's another story altogether. <laughs> but uh, but that's going to be a great game, folks. Uh, I, I I would like to sit down and watch that. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Saudis on the verge of a billion-dollar takeover of Italian football giant uh, in Milan. Uh Scar, what are your thoughts? Yeah, the current Chinese owner, Suning, is looking for a buyer. And Suning's been doing this for a while, looking for some financial help. They bought control of Milan back in 2016, about 70% of the stock. But um, they haven't been doing well with it. I mean, the the club recorded a loss of $300 million last fiscal year. There was obviously COVID restrictions, stadium closures. At one point, the club failed to pay regular salaries to its players last season. And we know that Milan would have been one of the teams that um, needed the Super League, and it would have been a beneficiary of the Super League, the Super League that never came to pass. So they are looking for, I don't know, a white knight to come in, and perhaps it'll be Saudi Arabia's sovereign fund um, coming in with a billion dollars. I know Scar has got some money. Lynchy, can you and I put some coins together and get this team? I don't think they need our help because they, they're managing about $400 billion right now, aren't they, Scarlett? I think in this in, uh, public investment fund? Yeah, this is the sovereign fund. Um, th- yeah. I think they, they've got their bases covered. They're okay. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need our nickels bar. <laughs> Man, and I had a good 22 cents in this thing, too. Man. But but you're right. I mean, it's like, you know, this, uh, this, can ha- this is really going to happen. And I, you know, it, yeah. I think we need to put it in perspective for us in the U.S. And we, you know, it's soccer is way more than Ted Lasso, although that's a great show. <laughs> but, I mean, we need to learn that soccer is the game of the world. I know we think it's the NFL, but soccer is the game of the world, Scar. Soccer is yeah. the game of the world. And what's interesting to me also um, looking at what's happening with Milan is that the rival, the Crosstown rival, AC Milan, um, also didn't have enough capital on hand a couple years ago, and creditors had to assume control. So Elliott Management, which is led by Paul Singer, took over the club after it failed to repay its debt. So this is uh, something that Milan does not want to happen. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. One thing we got to talk about is the Winter Classic. It was a success, but it was (laughs) five below zero. 
That's windbreaker weather back in Michigan. Windbreaker. <laughs> oh, this winter classic. It's uh, you know you're a big hockey fan, Scarlett. Uh, I grew up skating up in New England when I was a kid, and there's nothing like being outdoors and seeing your breath while you're. But you know, minus ten and the wind chill of minus twenty. I mean, that's real winter classic. That's this different event level. Up to its name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, to see the players and to see the spectators with ice forming on their mustaches, on their facial hair, that's a different level. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's Doctor Shivago stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in terms of how it plays on TV, it's exciting. It's interesting. It certainly gives everyone something to talk about. It's just unfortunate that the the Wild didn't win the game in the end. <laughs> you know, I, I was in Minneapolis for Super Bowl against the Eagles, and I was there for nine days, I believe. And every morning, I'd wake up and I tweet what the temperature was: minus six, minus four, minus one. When I got back to Boston, it was thirty nine degrees. And in my head, I added up the temperature every morning when I woke up. And it, all nine of those days did not add up to 39 degrees. <laughs> it's nuts. I, my favorite anecdote from the Winter Classic is that the NHL had to keep insulated blankets on the ice to keep it warm <laughs> because it was so cold that the ice would become brittle and therefore not really usable. The optimal surface temperature of an NHL ice sheet is 22 to 24 degrees, and it was too cold for that. And here's my yeah. Bill Nye the Science Guy moment. The reason why... In order for skates to work is that you have to have a, a little layer of water between the skate and the ice ah. because that's how you skate. Well, if ah. it's like, you know, negative, you know, oh, my God, why am I outside? <laughs> you don't get that water, which is why it's very hard to skate in that and why the ice is brittle. I like the fact also that the benches and the penalty boxes were heated and the players drank yeah. chicken broth out of their water bottles. I, I don't know if the water bottles were sponsored by Gatorade, but, I mean, that'll be interesting. It's, it's, it's one of the, the best things that uh, the National Hockey League has ever done. Uh, I went to one at uh, Fenway Park once, and it was just a blast. And they left the ice down and let high school teams and college teams play oh, for that's a couple cool. of weeks afterwards, which was really, really nice. You know, yeah. It was a big thrill for all those kids. But I loved it down there. And then the players loved it, too. <clears throat> you know, it's, um, it, it's, it's just it's unique. It, it, it's, it's unique, and it's, it's part of our, our growing up. Well, thank you all very much for joining us on the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday talking to you, not only with some of the biggest names in sports, but some of the biggest sports stories. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. I'm Scarlett Foo. I can be found on Twitter at Scarlett Foo. I'm cold all of a sudden. I'm Mike Lynch. You can follow me at Lynchy WCBB. <laughs> Get that motorcycle going there, Lynchy. And, and guess what? If you want to catch this podcast, you can. Catch it wherever you get your podcast. Do you know why? Because we roll that way. We're just like that at Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.